Welcome back to another episode of the Barron Report. We continue our coverage on the restaurant industry and its recovery and really moving and navigating its way out of this crisis. Now, many of our operators that we talk to every week are always looking at different ideas and innovation. And one of the innovations that seems to be prevalent in the industry is a pivot. And pivoting is an interesting aspect of the food service industry. There's been a lot of skepticism, but also speculation of whether or not it would work. Today with me, I've got James O'Reilly, the CEO of Smoky Bones right here in South Florida. James, great to have you on the show. Thank you, Paul. Happy to be here. So, James, let's get into Smoky Bones, the brand. Um, what's the size of Smoky Bones today? Where are you guys at You know, from a, a sales standpoint? Paul, we're a 61-unit casual dining brand in about 16 states, or between 100 and 200 million in, rest in sales, and we have about 3,000 employees. Great. And, and mostly for um, most operators, no Smoky Bones kind of as the barbecue brand. But you guys do a lot more than that, uh, and you've kind of shown that in your pivot now here with what you guys are doing with your boxes, some of your virtual restaurants. I want to dive into the virtual restaurant aspect of this because this is one thing that a lot of operators are exploring. And is it a real uh, viable opportunity for casual dining brands? How have you guys fared with this, uh, with this program? Paul, virtual restaurants through Smoky Bones were born out of our vision for Smoky Bones anytime, anywhere. And also the inherent way the casual dining restaurant industry is changing. And the distribution of casual dining restaurants is really changing and accelerating, enabled by technology. And so we are operating about 30 virtual restaurants within our existing restaurants that offer sections of our menu uh, in dedicated sub-brands with different brand names and different packaging in the same trade areas that we're competing in today. And what that does is it extends the reach of the Smoky Bones brand and some of our menu items, such as wings and burgers, which we do extremely well with, uh, into trade areas and with guests who might not otherwise know us for those menu items. All right, James. So uh, when you look at spinning up a virtual restaurant concept within what you guys already had, uh, being able to get a digital footprint, working with your third party uh, delivery companies, how, how complex was that? What was the process for you guys? Paul, one of the foundations of our ability to spin up the virtual restaurant brands relatively quickly was our strong partnership with our third party partners. Their data in each of our trade areas is so strong, it allows us to identify which segments of our menu are best suited on their platforms to target those trade areas and extend portions of our menu. So our partnership with the third-party partners allowed us to target wing offerings and burger offerings individually as sub-brands into different trade areas. Okay, so let me, let me get this straight. You, you were able to take data from an Uber, Grubhub, et cetera, uh, be able to target that back within the market, would you change the virtual operation from store to store, depending on what the demand was in that particular you know, area? Yes, we have a very flexible platform and a very good relationship with the third-party partners such that we can target portions of our menu to different trade areas under different virtual restaurant brand names, depending on what the data tells us are the best opportunities in each trade area. And frankly, the opportunity for virtual restaurants and virtual sub-brands 
extends so much further as we continue to mine that yeah. data. All right. So seven months into the job, uh, you were working on this virtual concepting of with Smoky Bones, obviously the core menu, using your plant facilities with each in, within, within each restaurant. Uh, COVID hit. You guys did some other unique things in terms of home meal kits, et cetera. Explain what you did there. Well, as we were affected by the, the pandemic, which we started feeling about a month ago, we immediately realized that the lives of our guests were changing so significantly. Um, one of the things that was changing was that, the, and the data told us that guests immediately turned to the grocery industry in far, far greater numbers, which which affected that supply chain and it made it difficult for guests to find even basic things for themselves in their regular grocery stores. At the same time, we realized that we have a very strong and secure supply chain. We have great high quality and delicious products and an excellent culinary team. And to us, that spelled opportunity in the form of our Bones Basics meal kits, which allowed us to put together cook at home meal kits featuring different aspects of our menu with recipes curated by our culinary team that made it actually more convenient for yeah. our guests to pick up these at home meal kits uh, at their convenience. Sure. So, you know, so curbside has been around for decades. Uh, you know, we've seen it back even in the early days with Chili's, TGI Friday, some of the early uh, Carlson brands that kind of got into that uh, phase. It kind of faded a little bit. Obviously now curbside is a huge thing. Uh, with social distancing and what we're dealing with. But do you feel like this could be changing consumer behavior toward casual dining as we start to navigate out of this crisis? Yes, as we start to look towards the other side of this and plan and think about what the industry will look at, look like at the end of this crisis and as it starts to subside, uh, the the role of off-premise in the casual dining industry is going to take on much greater importance to casual dining. The more our operators think about how they distribute their brands and their menu offerings, leveraging technology and being very agile, the better the casual dining brands like Smoky Bones will perform. So so in the future, we're going to see casual dining concepts use those uh, plots of land that basically has these great parking lots. Uh, for the ability to do curbside, takeout, delivery, things of that nature. Percentage-wise, do you have any kind of data models that are forecasting when you see the other side of this, where you guys might land or where the industry might land in terms of casual dining, in terms of mix, sales mix of where that might be? Because obviously that's going to affect staffing, uh, facilities management, how you're going to be dealing with things inside the restaurant. What, What can you share there? Paul, the way we're looking at it, um, and and based on our vision of leveraging off-premise as a major driver of the Smoky Bones brand, which is something we started last year when we built our new team and built all of our technology investment plans, uh, my view is that off-premise could represent as much as 40 to 50% of casual dining revenues in the future, where today, before this crisis hit, it represented probably less than half of that. Interesting. That's a pretty major jump. Um, and, and with that, when you look at casual dining development, if you had a 40 to 50% or even greater, uh, number in terms of takeaway, uh, delivery, uh, you know, catering, et cetera, the off-premise, uh, group, 
Do you feel this is and could change the very dynamic of how you build Smoky Bones in the future? Would it be more inline type products or, or retail centers? Uh, what are your thoughts on how real estate's going to play into this into the future? Well, it starts with our 61 restaurants and how we configure and in some cases reconfigure them for the, for the post-pandemic reality yeah. and how we leverage what we do best uh, as a barbecue and, and fire-grilled meat concept to take advantage of what is already a very large-scale off-premise you know, restaurant industry. What the pandemic has done is it's accelerated or really changed the way, you know, guests view casual dining. And and that will probably be with us to stay. And so when when I think about the future and Smoky Bones thinks about the future for our existing restaurants, I'm thinking about how do we reconfigure our restaurants? um, And as we remodel some of them, how do we reconfigure them for a much bigger, more important off-premise piece of our business? And as we build new restaurants, we intend to do even more importantly what does a new restaurant look like? How, how are its off-premise uh, options uh, configured? And, and uh, my plan is that it will look very different than it does For today. For sure. I've seen renderings where casual dining uh, systems have re-rendered some of their floor plans for uh, prep and packaging area, uh, food prep expansion. Obviously, you have only so much food prep capability, but it does change kind of the flow because you're your uh, potential of that lunch rush could really stretch out over a quite a bigger time frame. So it kind of gives you some looseness there in terms of operations. There's a lot of things, I think, from an innovation standpoint that the industry is going to be facing. Are you guys working with anyone on how to really look at the dynamics of how this potentially could shift the entire industry into the future? Yes, we were already planning for our new restaurant builds uh, later this year and into next year to reconfigure them and make the off-premise portion of our business part and parcel of our of our physical asset. What the pandemic has done is it's accelerated the need and really accelerated by virtue of the way consumer behavior has changed so rapidly, pushed us to evolve our thinking even further. So absolutely, we are working on that now. We are making plans. We're, we're evolving our plans and even further to make better better use or better um, of the opportunity of off-premise and what that means, especially for our physical plant, uh, which is where guests are coming. Because as you said, we have large buildings, large parking lots. How can they be reconfigured to best take advantage of the way the market is changing? Absolutely. All right. So last question here, and that is uh, when you look at expanding, these virtual restaurants have kind of shown you some patterns within your own communities of where the, you know, the food style or type demand lies. Um, do you for, for potentially see a Smoky Bones having, you know, four, five, six virtual brands out of one facility? Absolutely, that is possible. The, the key concept for us and for me, the way I think about the off-premise businesses, there is still, despite the fact that the casual dining industry is changing and will change even further as a result of this, there's an enormous casual dining off-premise business opportunity that the casual dining industry can capture if it thinks about this opportunity in the right. right way. If we evolve in the right way, understand where guests are going and take advantage of the fact that we have high quality, great flavors, great culinary teams that are now going to be competing for all the off-premise dollars and very likely many more of the off-premise dollars than we were competing for in the past. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think you're you're right. Uh, casual dining was kind of in a position where they were at a little bit of a disadvantage to the sector of fast casual, which is has been on a tear for the last you know 15 years. But I think this may level the playing field a little bit because now you're really looking at potential of um, maybe looking at, at even more competitive pricing positions, uh, availability, flexibility, and best of all, the size of your plant uh, can definitely outpace what typical fast casual concepts have, which are usually 1,500 to 2,000 feet, uh, which is you can only pull so much out of there. Uh, so this will be interesting to see if this revives the casual dining menu uh, across America. So uh, good luck to you guys over at Smoky Bones. Thank you, Paul. We definitely view this as we exit the other side of this crisis, an opportunity for us to come back better and stronger. Appreciate your time and really proud of everything that Smoky Bones Nation is doing to weather this storm. Absolutely. All right. Well, good luck to you over there. Uh, And of course, uh, as we continue our coverage here on the network with uh, the Barron Report. The main thing we're, we're really trying to focus on now, as you'll notice in this series, is the recovery side of it. You know, obviously, we still know the carnage is hitting the restaurant industry uh, in a massive way now with this week hitting uh, 22 million unemployed. We do see uh, some scenarios also with where the PPP is standing. We are going to try to get some more experts on here to kind of talk about the next wave of what that means for you as a restaurant operator and how maybe uh, the PPP can continue to help you. But, but the main thing is, is if you have an idea or you're doing something innovative, maybe like what Smoky Bones is doing, give us a shout. Uh, shoot us an email to producer at foodabletv.com and you can hit me up over on Twitter at Paul Barron. That's the main thing we're trying to get out on this show is coverage and ideas and innovations that can help the restaurant industry survive. So make sure and stay tuned right here for the next Baron Report. We'll catch you soon.